Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories. You may have been wondering where we've been. Well, a new episode hasn't been posted since back in the early part of August. A lot of changes have taken place in our family in the last several weeks, so navigating those changes required that I forego the production of a podcast episode. We're getting back into the swing of things and putting out podcast episodes now, I hope you'll find them helpful, encouraging, and even fun to listen to. Now, the last episode I put out was called Back to the Beginning, and I actually should have entitled it Back to the Beginning Part 1. You see, that story that we started then, we're going to continue today. It's so large that it takes two episodes to tell the whole narrative. I'm going to still spend some time talking about the meaning and the importance of these two stories, but that'll be for you on not this podcast, but the next one coming up in a couple of weeks. Now, before we begin, though, let me remind you that these podcasts do come to you because of your support. We appreciate whatever you're able to provide. And if you'd like to help us out, I invite you to visit JesusStories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab for some ways to help us out, whether it be prayer or financial. So we started this story by telling the story of two births. We didn't get as far as the births of the babies. We got as far as the announcement of the births. We're going to go all the way to the births here today. And if you haven't listened to that story, what I invite you to do is go back and listen to episode 4-01. Yeah, it's a new season, and it's called Back to the Beginning. So let's start with a little summary as we jump into the episode. We left the story last week with two pregnant women, Elizabeth and Mary. Messages of both their impending pregnancies have been delivered from God to earth by the angel Gabriel. Elizabeth's message came to her husband, Zachariah, who didn't believe the message and was left mute by his disbelief. Mary's message was given directly to her, and Mary's response was one of willingness and faith. In each case, these women were to deliver boy children who were to be dedicated, given over to God. In other words, they were to be holy. Elizabeth's child was compared to revered Old Testament prophets as one who would prepare the way for the Lord. Mary's child was labeled the Son of God, who would be given the throne of David and rule forever. Thus, both children had major spiritual roles to play for the world. After Mary had received her news, she set off to see Elizabeth, traveling from Nazareth to the Judean hill country. When Mary enters Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth's baby jumps in her womb, and Elizabeth exclaims, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, 
the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responds with a song of praise. This song is commonly called the Magnificat. You might call this the first Christmas carol, actually. It's a beautiful writing. Listen to her words. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children, forever. These beautiful words have captured the imaginations of composers throughout time, from classical composers through to modern-day songwriters. I would invite you to search Magnificat on YouTube. You won't be disappointed. Mary stays with Elizabeth three months before going back to her home. Elizabeth gives birth to her baby, to the great joy of her family and friends. As the Jewish law dictated, when the baby was eight days old, the baby boy was to be circumcised and named. Elizabeth said, the child is to be named John. Everyone is aghast. They want to name him after his father, Zachariah. Remember, his father cannot chime in. He cannot speak. There was no one in the family named John. They finally asked Zachariah, who asked for a writing tablet, and he settles the matter. His name is John, he writes, and with that sentence, he was able to speak again. And what are his first words? Praise for Jehovah God. These events caused a stir in the area of Judea. People were talking and asking, what kind of kid is this going to be? Then we hear the second Christmas carol in the scriptures, a prophecy by Zechariah. And again, I invite you to listen to his words. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Words of such great hope given to people 
in great despair. We'll hear nothing else of John in the scriptures until he appears on the scene again as an adult. So what of that other pregnancy, Mary's child? The scriptures shift us not to Mary, but to her fiancé, Joseph. He has been told of her pregnancy, and his move is to consider divorcing her quietly. Allow me to translate for you. In this time, in Jewish culture, a betrothal, an engagement, if you will, is much like a marriage. Joseph and Mary were treated as husband and wife. However, they did not live together. If a woman becomes pregnant during the betrothal, she was considered to be an adulteress, unfaithful to her fiancé. So Joseph considers breaking off the engagement because he believes that Mary has been unfaithful to him. There's another complication. In this time, a woman who would bear a child without a husband would be ostracized by the whole community. People would have nothing to do with her. She would be considered an outcast. So Mary, by accepting this commission from God to bear his son, has exposed herself to a potential broken engagement and societal scorn for the rest of her life. It was indeed an act of faith to accept this assignment. Back to Joseph now. Before he acted on his desire to divorce Mary, Joseph had a dream. An angel appeared to him to explain that Mary was indeed pregnant, but not in the usual way. She was carrying God's child, a conception of the Holy Spirit. The angel says that Mary will have a son and that he is to be named Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew reminds us that this is to fulfill a prophecy given by Isaiah some 600 years earlier. Look, the prophecy says, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph heeded the angel. Mary became his wife, but they did not sleep together until after the birth of Jesus. Before Mary's child was born, a decree, a command, went out from Caesar Augustus to take a census of the entire Roman world, including the people of Israel. So people had to travel to their hometowns to obey this decree. In the case of Joseph, this meant a journey from his present home in Nazareth to his ancestral home. Bethlehem, a journey of some 80 miles. And since Mary was to be his wife, she had to travel with him. This would have been an arduous journey. We think of a trip of 80 miles as a short drive in the car. The journey would have been on foot or on an animal. And with Mary being very pregnant, it would have been especially hard on her. And it would take several days. But when the Roman government says jump, one must obey. They arrive in Bethlehem, and while there, it became time for Mary to deliver her baby. But there was no place for Mary and Joseph to go for this event. There are no hospitals. That was actually a Christian invention that would only come about later in history and as a result of this birth. The Bible tells us that, quote, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the end, end of quote. 
From that one sentence, we deduce the following. There was not a single room in the small town of Bethlehem for the couple to occupy to deliver the baby. Therefore, they were shuttled back to a stable, maybe even a cave, where animals were kept. And after the birth, the baby was wrapped in some cloths and put in a feeding trough. The King James Version of the Scriptures calls these swaddling cloths. So the Maker of the world, the Savior of the world, was born in a smelly stable and slept in a feed trough of a cow or sheep wrapped in cloths that came from who knows where. What a humble beginning. But it gets even worse. You'd think that the whole world would be looking for the coming of this little guy. They would be anticipating the arrival of this child. And yes, the Jews were looking for their Messiah, but as we begin to see in this story, they missed the event almost entirely. God decides to announce the event, but his announcement is only to a select few. And you might think that God would go to the priests and tell them the news. No way. You'll find out why in future stories. Maybe he would go and visit people who were praying in the temple. Nope. He goes out to the countryside. The first to hear of the birth of the Savior were shepherds. You may say, well, that's cool. Not so fast. Shepherds were considered to be very low in this day and time. Their rep wasn't that good. But here God is breaking the mold, as Jesus would in his ministry, going to the shepherds to give the big announcement. It's nighttime. The shepherds are watching their flock, their sheep and an angel appears to them. The shepherds are terrified. What are the angel's first words? Yep, just like with Mary and Zechariah, the words are, don't be afraid. And then they go on. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Then there wasn't just one angel. There was a bunch of them. And they were all praising God with the third Christmas carol in the scriptures. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The shepherds had been told the good news. They knew where to find the baby. So they took off to Bethlehem, found the baby, and they became God's messengers to tell the story of the birth of the Messiah. People were amazed by their story. The shepherds go back to their flock with a story to tell for the rest of their lives. Mary, though, ponders these things. And just like the time after the birth of John, after eight days, Jesus is presented at the temple for circumcision and naming. So, both Jesus and John have been born, have been named. We're going to have to leave the baby sleeping for right now. 
These Jesus stories are coming to you because you support and pray for us. Thank you for that. If you'd like to help out, check out JesusStories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab. That's JesusStories.info. That's also where you can leave your comments for us at the same website, JesusStories.info. Click on the Talk to Us tab. When we talk to you in two weeks, we'll review what we've talked about in these past two episodes and talk about what we can learn from them. In the meantime, I want you to think about this question after you listen to the episode. To what lengths will you go in following Jesus? We'll see you in two weeks. Sweet is that ever was heard.